1: but we'll retire by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to the dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know.
0: Thank you. Hello, friends. Today, we'll be chatting with Scott Bergstein and Jessica Kalp, who moved from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to a little olive farm in Italy, where they thought they would retire. However, they then found their true retirement homes in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and Ubud, a town in Bali, Indonesia. The couple found that Kuala Lumpur provides them with the city life, while Ubud gives them a calmer jungle life. Did I just say the jungle is calm? (laughs) You did, yeah. (laughs) Apparently, the two distinct places offer the perfect combination for them. Kuala Lumpur... The capital city is located in west-central Malaysia, midway along the west coast, tin and rubber belt, and about 25 miles east of the ocean port of Port Kalang. It is the largest city in Malaysia, covering an area of 94 square miles, with a census population of 1.9 million as of 2020. Greater Kuala Lumpur, also known as the Klang Valley, is an urban agglomeration of about seven and a half million people. It's among the fastest growing metropolitan regions in Southeast Asia, both in population and economic development. More than a fourth of Malaysia's population is of Chinese and Indian ethnicity. The country's multiculturalism adds to its beauty. A Muslim-majority country, The diversity of religions and languages of Malaysia serves as an example for many other Asian countries. Ubud is a town on the Indonesian island of Bali, located amongst rice paddies and steep ravines in the central foothills of the Gianyar Regency. Promoted as an arts and culture center, it has developed a large tourism industry. Known for its thriving artist community, the town center is a lively spot. But a few short minutes out of town, you'll find yourself surrounded by lush vegetation, beautiful vistas, and quiet meditation spots. Nice. Oh, I can definitely (laughs) see myself there. In (laughs) In fact, Ubud is known as a center for yoga practice and education, but... It's not just home to the artsy-bartsy crew. Gene, did you put that in? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's also home to a sacred monkey sanctuary. The sacred monkey forest of Padang Tagal, Padang Tagal, -tagal. okay, is a sanctuary for 700 Balinese long-tailed monkeys. By the way, if you would like to learn about living near the coast in Bali, please listen to episode 27 of retire there with Gil and Jean. And now a little about our guests, Jean.
1: Scott was born and raised in Altoona, Pennsylvania. He attended Penn State and earned a bachelor's in speech communications. He thereafter achieved a master's in speech communications from Colorado State and law degree from the University of Pittsburgh Law School. Before law school, he was a faculty member at Penn State teaching speech and theater courses for five years. And during law school, he began working in commercial real estate in Pittsburgh, and made a career of it, retiring from the field in 2013. Since then, he's written two books, a few articles, and blogs. Two years before retiring, he and Jessica bought a little olive farm in Puglia in southern Italy. They did a thorough renovation of the property, and upon retiring, moved there. After three years in Puglia, the couple moved to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Lived there for three years and relocated to Bali, Indonesia. And three years later, returned to Kuala Lumpur. (laughs) They now split their time between Kuala Lumpur and Bali. I can't can't keep up with you two. (laughs) It's quite amazing. Jessica was born in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania and raised in Milton, Pennsylvania. She attended Point Park University in Pittsburgh and earned a bachelor's in journalism. She worked in a public relations firm named Markowitz Communications, also at the Andy Warhol Museum, then went on to become director of marketing, membership, special events, and fundraising at the Mattress Factory Museum. Now that's the place I want to go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be cool.
1: I love these crazy museums. Her final position before retiring was with an international firm, NEP Super Shooters, that designed, built, and leased mobile television broadcast studios to major broadcasters, where she first managed logistics for many live sporting events, then moved on to sales. Jessica retired in 2013. After retiring, she dedicated her efforts to photography. She earned a number of invitations to exhibit her work in Italy and Malaysia. Upon moving to Kuala Lumpur, she found a new passion, yoga, one which she has devoted herself. It is that passion that prompted her to move to Ubud, where in addition to honing her yoga skills, Jessica became a Reiki master, healer, and art she practices in retirement. Whoa. Wow,
0: you guys have done so much. Oh my goodness. I can't believe it. And adventurous <laughs> for sure. And our audience loves that. So we are very excited. So Jessica and Scott, welcome to Retire There. That's quite a journey you've had. We have many questions and we will get to your living between the two countries, which I believe I looked up is a three hour flight. But first, it is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please share with our audience why you left the US and how you decided to first move to Italy, then to Malaysia, then Indonesia, and back to Malaysia, or shall we say between Malaysia and Indonesia? Okay, I will stop right now. I'm Scott. Busy. I'm busy. Scott looks like he's ready. Go. I don't know. <laughs> That's the best answer.
2: We traveled a bit throughout Europe and, and uh, particularly Italy uh, when we were still working and just kind of fell in love with the, the Italian uh, La Dolce Vita. Mm-hmm. They just They have a, a phrase, uh, the, the art of doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we just ha- had an affinity to Italy and started considering our retirement. And, and frankly, retiring in the U.S., we both had traveled extensively throughout the U.S. And I don't think there was a place that we visited there that to rang our chimes, certainly not like Italy did. So we explored the option of retiring to Italy, southern Italy offering kind of more bang for the buck, more so certainly than like Tuscany and mm-hmm. uh, the, the northern parts of the country. We decided to try Puglia. We booked uh, a trip there for a week and looked at 34 properties in, oh in four goodness. days and bought oh and and one. So that was, as as maybe you can sense, we can be a bit spontaneous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just a bit. And Jessica, you felt the same? Yeah, we,
3: I mean, we went and we just like took off just, and one thing about real estate there is you don't have one agent. So we had like all these meetings with like probably 15 agents meeting in random places. And of course, we've never been there. We're trying to navigate these back roads. It was quite an experience looking at all these houses in the countryside. And Scott would say stuff like, I hope we don't get lost out here. There's no way I could find my way back. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and we just fell more and more in love with the area. Scott said, we're going to find a house, no renovations, moving condition, well, of course, we ended up buying a fixer-upper and <laughs> oh, no. huh. doing all the renovations from back in Pittsburgh. Um, we had this amazing couple that took care of everything for us. They work for Real Estate Chester Nino.
2: They were the agents who uh, negotiated the transaction, and, mm-hmm. and they became our guardian angels there. We were able to do a complete renovation of this property from the U.S. And they were just wonderful. Oh my wow, you were
1: lucky.
0: So, so you've been to southern Italy in, in your travels. No, no. never. Oh, oh. No. and how did you how did you select Puglia? I mean, I'm just curious. The literature, uh, retirement
2: literature and real estate literature was suggesting that Puglia was the next Tuscany. Tuscany had outpriced itself and Puglia had everything other parts of Italy had to offer, plus the benefit of a warmer climate. Uh, more access to the sea because it's Puglia is the heel of the boot, so it's mm-hmm, completely mm-hmm. it's a peninsula, completely surrounded by water. We enjoy seafood and fish, and there's, it's in yeah, there in yeah. abundance. Uh, the food is wonderful. the The wine is fabulous, cheap, and
0: so you had um, the intention of going there to buy a home,
2: maybe not buy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but we, but- had the inten- we had the intention of looking at property to see if we if something maybe promoted in in ourselves the idea Mm -hmm. of living there okay Uh, Okay. so we thought we'd at least look at is there anything that we could be happy living in Mm -hmm. we found a place and said what the heck we're going to do it anyway let's just do it now
0: wow and can you share with us the cost of that or approximate yeah we we paid
2: for the property about just under two hundred euro Mm. wow now at the at the time uh, the euro was trading much higher than it is today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was around it was in the low one oh, wow. thirty one Oh, okay. okay. Range when we bought, so we bought high and sold low. Is kind of, <laughs> but we uh, <laughs> just the way most of my real estate deals have gone. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> okay, but, uh, and then the renovations were we probably put another hundred thousand.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: The renovations. But what we ended up with was uh, just a, a wonderful, wonderful place.
0: Okay. So then tell us at that point, I guess, the leap to Asia.
1: Yeah, why did you
3: leave Italy?
0: Yeah, it sounds amazing.
3: So we woke up on New Year's Eve with like 18 inches of snow. And (laughs) he said, oh, it never snows here. (gasps) It was like a hundred year event. Yeah, but it just was a lot colder than we originally thought. So the weather kind of was like... uh, We were, well, especially me, I was having a hard time picking up the Italian language, and there you really did need to know Italian. I think we realized we were city folks, and we weren't country farmers.
2: Uh. You know what? Farming is hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) After everything you've done? I didn't
2: realize how hard farming is.
0: (laughs) What particular part would you say was hard? Milking the cow, or... (laughs) <laughs> <Did, laughs> no, we't only like, see
1: any of those there's so many movies where city folk move to the country and yeah, then they, yeah they have such a hard time yeah yeah yeah,
3: yeah that so <laughs> we decided to go to Asia just to see maybe we would spend winters there. One thing that's really difficult is visas, like long-term visas and so we started looking at like different places around the equator that we could get a long-term visa. Malaysia came up. And they said, oh, this island called Penang is really great for expats. Nice. So we were like, oh, they have a great visa program. It's called Malaysia, my second home. Oh. So let's go there for the couple, like two months, see if we like it. We ended up coming for one month that time. That was our gateway. Okay. And we loved Penang. But again, it was a little bit too rural for us. Um We wanted definitely more of a city life. So then we started taking like weekend trips or day trips around to like Bangkok, Singapore. We just started exploring the region. Nothing was really like ticking all the boxes. So then I was like, what about Kuala Lumpur? And Scott's like, oh, it's going to be super expensive. It's the capital. It's going to be like New York City. Mm -hmm. And then we started Googling apartment prices and Cost of living, and we're like, wow, this is affordable. So we flew here the next day from Penang and spent three days, and we were like, this is it. Another another example of spontaneity. Yeah,
1: <laughs> unbelievable. Spend we spent three weeks just figuring. Oh, we yeah,
0: we're, we're the, <laughs> we are the worst, and I'm I'm worse than Gene. It's like I can't now, make any. To, to,
2: we we went from Penang to Kuala Lumpur, locals refer to it as KL. We booked uh, three nights in a hotel just to. So we could check the place out. Uh, Before we left, we met with the visa agent, (laughs) applied, started the process to apply for a resident visa here. Wow. We went from the concept of spending winters in the tropics and then nine months a year in Puglia. We completely flipped that around and decided we'll spend summers in Puglia. And then the rest of the year in uh, Malaysia. It all happened in that uh, process of going through through our little tour okay so that
0: was the original arrangement that those two countries right and were you renting in kuala lumpur at that point yes okay so you didn't buy it so you weren't that spontaneous thank god okay (laughs) yeah we learned our lesson. and what was the what was renting there like in kl well
2: a couple of things first of all it is the market tremendously favors tenants and the reason is there's been a huge amount of overbuilding of apartments, and I would even say luxury apartments in KL. Wow. Most of it financed by a lot of Chinese money that was looking to, to be placed outside of China. A lot of Chinese invested in in places here in uh, KL, and the apartments are all very large because they bought them for their families, with entire families to occupy. There's a huge amount of available property. It was. Very easy to find a place. The question was more the location. We ended up in a in a four bedroom, twenty two hundred square foot. <laughs>
1: oh my <laughs> well, goodness! We
2: we were not looking for something like that. Right. But basically, you couldn't find a two bedroom because they they weren't building them. Mm-hmm. So we um, ended up in this uh, magnificent apartment. The complex is two forty three story. Apartment towers in between is a Olympic sized pool. The place has a concierge, a shuttle that takes you around town. And, wow! You know, it's just it is luxury, luxury.
3: A gym, a yoga studio, oh a cafe, goodness. dry cleaner.
0: Oh wow! Everything. <laughs> yeah. So, very metropolitan. Less than yeah.
3: Fifteen hundred U.S. a month.
0: Wow! Oh my lord! And did you have to sign a one year lease?
2: We signed a two year lease.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, because you were still going back to Italy at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, during okay. the summers. All right, but I guess you know if it's nine months, it it makes sense to have the one mm-hmm. year lease instead of month by well, month. It's two year lease. I mean, no, no, but over yeah. a period of mm-hmm. of um, yeah. and, travel.
2: And and frankly, even when we were living in Puglia, we traveled so much that we weren't home. Mm. Yeah.
0: You know, yeah,
2: we're used to paying for property. We're not. We're not necessarily occupying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so fifteen hundred a month—that's unbelievable. For
1: four bedrooms, before, in, a, in yeah. a big city.
0: Yeah, and what about everything else, like living costs, there, amenities, uh, internet? Can you share with us about KL?
2: Yeah, putting it in in terms of U.S. dollars, mm-hmm. our rent right now because we're in a uh, we're in a different uh, apartment. So now our rent is uh,
0: $1,150. Oh, went down.
1: And what size also, is that apartment?
2: It's only about 1,900 square feet. Oh,
0: still, <laughs> four still four bedrooms. Still four
1: bedrooms. Wow. But wow. The bedrooms
3: are a little smaller.
1: How many baths? Uh, three one, and
2: a half.
3: Two, three, four. Four? Oh, oh, oh and counting, then the maid one,
2: five. The maid Counting the maid's bathroom. <laughs> Wow! But there's a ma- there's a maid's quarters part of it.
0: Okay. Oh my goodness. So does do you do you have a maid also?
2: We do, uh, but she's not living. Okay.
0: Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, what a shame. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's rent. The maid, for example, comes three times a week for two hours. Twice a week.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, twice a week for two for three hours. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay. That's uh, hundred and fifty dollars a month.
0: Oh, nice. Oh nice. It's so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: electricity is around uh, sixty dollars a month mm-hmm. the internet is 30 that's unlimited 500 megabytes wow so, i mean it's fast
0: yeah 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 good. it's really good and uh,
2: we have gas and water combined they're about ten dollars
0: <laughs> wow okay nice wow what about any kind of like fees hoas and things like that
2: the landlord pays all that so. oh,
0: oh wow. nice
1: And what about cell phone
2: costs? We pay 35 ringgit a month, which is about $8 a month. Wow. Unlimited. Oh, my uh, goodness. uh, Internet uh, cell phone service.
1: That's per Mm. phone or two phones?
2: Per phone. That's per phone.
0: Oh, wow. Does it matter, Gene? so cheap. (laughs) Does it matter? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. So that's, that's amazing. All right. Now my big question is, can you eat out every night and not cook? Is that affordable?
2: Yeah, not the places we tend <laughs> <had> to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now no. can you? Yeah, there. In fact, there's a there's a street. You want to describe Jalan Alor?
3: It's just street food, like okay. a long street, just nice. full of restaurants, plastic chairs and tables, and it's famous. It's like on the Food Network and mm-hmm. things. They cook the local dishes, and you could spend five dollars and have more food than you could eat.
0: Nice. Wow. Okay.
3: And you can go there for breakfast. You can go there for lunch, tea time, because this was a British colony. Mm -hmm. They still have like the tea is a big thing here. And And Jelan Allure, for
2: example, is about an eight
3: minute walk from us.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, that's really nice. So do you need a car? Do you guys have a car?
3: No. Grab is big here. Oh, right. Um, That's the the Southeast Asian
4: version of Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: and I mean we have sticker shock when we come back to the U.S. Because a typical grab drive car for us is maybe four dollars. Wow!
0: How yeah. about to the airport? And and by the way, how far is the airport from where you are?
3: One hour, and it is seventy ringgit. So.
2: It's about seventy ringgit. Yeah, so
0: it's about eighteen dollars. Nice. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah. Okay,
3: and that includes tolls. So, oh,
0: so everything included. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is tipping? Part of the norm or no. no? Okay. No. Okay. Because I wasn't sure about uh Asia. Let me ask. You guys leave the US, you go to Europe, then you go to Asia. Any family back home? Anyone thinking, oh, mm-hmm. we'll never see you guys again? Or anybody or, thinking yeah. you guys are crazy? Yeah. 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 <laughs> or, or, or what's that like? Do you go home often or we were going home like
3: every other year mm-hmm. until COVID. Sure. And then we went back two years in a row. And then Scott's been back three years in a row because of COVID. Yeah, we try to do every other year.
0: Okay. Have you had visitors from home or from the U.S.? Oh yeah. Oh yes. yeah. You have enough bedrooms <laughs> yeah. s- and bathrooms to say exactly. everyone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right.
2: We don't like our friends, so we want to make sure we have a big enough place. We, we to see them.
0: I am with you there.
1: Put them in the maids' quarters. Put them in the maids' quarters. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So you <laughs> mentioned you mentioned language earlier as an issue in Italy. What about where you are now?
2: Thank heavens for the. Uh, the British colonists. Ah. they they've they've endowed Malaysia. I'll put it endowed in air quotes with the English language, mm-hmm. especially in the cities, and and mm-hmm. pr- most particularly here in the KL. You can very easily get get along without speaking a word of uh, Malaysian Bahasa, which is the national okay. language.
3: If you go about outside the city, about an hour, it's a little bit more difficult to navigate like especially official offices like when we went to do our driver's license and some paperwork it's all in bahasa less people speak english but if you're within this city center everybody no speaks english
0: okay and and what about things like opening a bank account what was that experience like was it simple or but
2: we had some difficult situations with regard to extending our permission to stay uh, visas in Italy everything you've read negative about the Italian bureaucracy <laughs> is true
0: yeah we know <laughs> yeah
2: the, the the visa issue is particularly frustrating one of the mistakes we did not make coming to Malaysia was the failure to get an agent so we hired an agent here in mm-hmm. KL to deal with our visa stuff they took care of the bank opening the getting oh. arranging for the open of uh-huh. the bank account because one of the requirements for the MM2H visa by the way i couldn't promote any more heartily than than I, than I did but one of the things you have to do is deposit in a Malaysian bank an amount of money depending on your age and and leave it there for the 10 year duration of the visa the visa agent kind of set that all up in advance and when we showed up to get the visa. We had a meeting set up already with the bank, went inside the papers, and,
3: but uh, we could choose the bank. Yeah. So we chose HSBC because oh. we felt comfortable with them and they have branches all over the world. And we had we
2: had accounts with HSBC in the UK. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And, so and you talk about, you, you love the visa process. How long did it take for the visa?
2: We started, I think in September and got the, um, Approval
3: letter
1: in January.
2: Yeah, I got the approval letter in.
1: Yeah, that's good.
2: January. Yeah. Now there's a big uproar today because during COVID there was a hiatus on the issuing of MM2H visas. The government stopped issuing, and then when they restarted the program, they hugely increased the financial requirements. Uh So, for example, it used to be ten thousand. Ringgit, you have to show ten thousand ringgit per month of income, and
0: and what is that again? Na- ten thousand ringgit.
2: That's about twenty five hundred dollars.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
2: And now I think it's ten thousand. So it's a, a big jump, big big increase, and mm-hmm. and instead of putting one hundred and fifty thousand ringgit into the bank, which is forty thousand dollars, now it's a million ringgit. Oh, wow wow yeah.
1: which is what in
2: us it's about 230,000 that is quite wow. a that's jump a, yeah it's a big jump yeah. mm-hmm. and they've been the government has been criticized enthusiastically by the expat community and mm-hmm. by the visa agents and so there's a good possibility that backtrack on some of that but right now it's not as nearly as attractive an option as it was when we did it and we're yeah. grandfathered in so we are right. mm-hmm. good
0: is there a fair amount of expats where you
3: are? Yes. Oil and oh. gas is very big here. So there's oh. a lot here with that industry. Oh,
2: okay. Okay.
3: And manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
2: And with all of that comes finance. So you, right. you, there's a big, big building here with a Liberty Mutual sign on it. I mean,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And Citibank. And, mm.
1: and, oh my goodness. You
2: know, big financial hub. And with what's going on in Hong Kong, That seems to be getting more a a part of uh, the economy here because things are moving out of Hong Kong and relocating to other Southeast Asia.
1: So you talk about the building. Does it feel like a big city?
2: Yes. It does. does. We can walk to two or three malls where you can buy Prada and Gucci. uh, (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know, it's it's interesting. During the summer, a lot of people from Saudi Arabia come here to, to shop. To get away from the heat in the, uh, of the Saudi summers, so you see a lot of uh, large groups of, you know, kind of the, the full yeah the garb dress yeah, uh, yeah uh-huh. <laughs> wandering the malls and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> carrying, carrying carrying bags and yeah, yeah. bags of Prada. <laughs> I, I walk the mall for exercise. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they actually spend money.
0: And what about things like healthcare? You know, when you when you settled there, did you look for uh, like a primary care right away? And what was that process like?
1: And do you have to have insurance or or does the government cover that? How, how does that work?
3: Well, you're the expert on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: un-
2: unfortunately, I'm the expert. Well, first of all, for the retirees uh, from the U.S., Medicare is not going to be there for you. Also understand that you're still going to pay the Medicare premiums but you're not going to get the Medicare coverage. So
0: that's right. That's so nice. Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) We have health insurance.
3: You had to have health insurance to get the visa also, but it was very minimal just to make that. We have
2: have a, Mm -hmm. we have a pretty good policy. It doesn't cover, it it doesn't cover a lot of the diagnostic stuff, but, Mm
3: -hmm.
4: but,
2: but, but if you are, if, if a doctor says you need this, it's covered and, Certainly the catastrophic stuff is all covered, Mm -hmm. but the preventative stuff like injections for diseases and things like that are not covered.
1: Out of pocket. How expensive is it if you have to pay for that stuff?
2: Let me put it this way. I had surgery a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. and we paid for it out of pocket. It was cheaper for us to pay for the entire surgery out of pocket than to go back to the U.S. and pay the deductible.
3: Oh, God. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Back surgery. I mean it was Oh my like, god. Oh my, yeah. 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 serious major.
0: Wow. How does one do research on that? Did say, I can't even get it out. It's like, we're in New York. If I needed back surgery, I'd be like doing all sorts of research, even though, you know, as we call bedpan alley on the Upper East Side, all the amazing, <laughs> special. you know, there's a, there's a yeah. specialist for your left pinky, right? Yeah, very. How do you find this? And, and I mean, the costs are unbelievable. I'm pretty sure that you're going to say that the costs are about the same overall, but how do you, how do you find the surgeon? Cause this is serious surgery. Well,
2: at the time, the, the injury that I had was such that I, I really wasn't, I wouldn't be able to, make, to have made a trip huh. back anyway. So there are two or three major hospitals here in KL that cater to Westerners and
3: and foreigners and medical, um, healthcare, medical tourism, tourism healthcare. And oh, okay. care.
2: So I investigated the spine surgeons and mm-hmm, at the hospital that we've been doing our routine stuff in, just our physicals and things. Gotcha. And, uh, this one guy specialized in vertebra pl- vertebroplasty, which is the procedure I, I needed, and had the credentials, and so uh, met with him a couple of times and greenlighted it. But it, it would had I had I gone back to the U.S., it would have based on research that I did on costs to do yeah. those procedures mm-hmm. in the U.S. It would have been more to cover the deductible under Medicare
3: then yeah cuz we looked at all yeah, options um most of the doctors are trained in the UK or in the US okay the only place that i see like a lack is the nursing staff i feel like the nurses are much better in the US better trained oh. than they are here wow that was the big difference i noticed but the quality The technology, it's all the same.
0: Okay. All right. That's good to know. Okay. So that sounds good. And congratulations that you got through that. Was there any language barrier or were these, um, obviously they spoke English, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah.
2: Everybody spoke English. Uh, As Jess said, the doctors are almost all Western trained, Mm -hmm. UK Mm -hmm. or US trained.
0: And and are you guys part of any, you know, we hear from a lot of our guests, they're part of these Facebook groups. If you have any questions, you can just kind of throw it in and someone will just give you an answer like in a minute.
3: Here in KL, there are a lot of them. We're not as active on them. In Bali, we were much more in tune with the Facebook groups, especially during COVID, trying to get visas in and out and the status of what was happening with travel. It was a big thing.
0: So at what point did you decide that Puglia was not going to be part of your regular life? and What was that transition like?
3: We rented out the house. And so then we were like, oh, we don't need to go back quite as often because the house is rented. That was the big thing. And then uh, COVID happened and we couldn't even get into the country. So we haven't been back in yeah and a lot
2: three
1: four years yeah oh so really? you, you still own the house
3: no this no. is crazy so no. it's sold during covid yeah. we couldn't get back to clear out mm-hmm. the house so we just had movers come and put everything into a shipping container, and we shipped it to my sister in Las Vegas. Bless her.
1: Yeah, that's a good sister.
3: Wow. Yeah, so she rented a storage unit, took responsibility for everything, and then we went back last May to get vaccinated and then to go through everything, which then we ended up with just a few boxes because most of the stuff, we weren't going to cart all the way here. I mean, it was just... Comical. I mean, We've
0: heard from other guests that it's easy to buy a place in Europe, but it's very hard to sell it. So how did you guys sell it when you were renting it? Was it, how did that happen?
2: At the time we got the offer on the place, it wasn't rented, was it? No, that couple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There There was a British couple living there, but they were living there with the understanding that if we sold it, they would. Uh,
0: Okay. So you knew you didn't want it anymore. I mean, you knew that you weren't going back. Okay.
2: Yeah, we did. So so we got the offer and we had to we had to navigate the challenges of not being able to physically go. Yeah. Oh, my
0: God. With the Funny Italians. Story, so we,
2: we needed we needed this. And, and again, the vaunted Italian bureaucracy, they needed <laughs> they needed a particular piece of paper.
0: Of course they did. Yeah, we
1: we know about this because we, we were married. We were we married in to Italy.
0: Florence. <laughs> so Oh wow! What what a nightmare. We know yeah. about the bureaucracy. Oh my god! But, but I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, go yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Well,
2: they, okay. they needed this particular piece of paper to do the final closing. I don't remember what it was, but it it was ridiculously stupid. <laughs> it was it was something like the signatures on all the other documents that I signed are really my signature. I mean, something. Yes. <laughs> Idiotic right. like that. Well, it had to be signed off on by the Ministry of Laws in Indonesia, the Foreign Ministry in Indonesia, and the Italian Embassy in Jakarta.
3: Because we were living in Indonesia and we they won't accept just the notary in Indonesia because there's like a treaty from like 1942 or something. <laughs> I love so, so we had to get a company out of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, we what? we had to hire an agent in
2: Dubai to manage this process of getting, in Italy. So this agent in Dubai ha- has uh, affiliates in Indonesia, and they walked the thing through all this through COVID. So these offices, these ministries are, and embassies are closed. They're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, it's all working from it was.
3: it was the most bizarre and you had to pay all that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it was like a thousand usd just to get that one piece of paper signed.
0: pain what a pain okay
3: at
2: the end of the day yeah somehow you know miracles do happen yeah yeah we got to the closing and everything went through anyway so we were at that point we were fully ensconced in southeast asia and
0: And how long have you been there now Six years.
2: Yeah, we moved, we moved oh, wow. here in two thousand sixteen. So okay. Yes.
0: So, do you consider that home? Do you consider KL home?
2: Well, between KL and Ubud, I mean, but mostly KL because that's mm-hmm. uh, where
0: we, our stuff is now. Okay, so not in Las Vegas we- anymore.
3: <laughs> although my sister might disagree with all the stuff I left in her garage oh
0: you have a nice sister <laughs> I do and,
2: unfortunately they have a really big house <laughs> <laughs> yeah I bet
1: so, so let's go on to Bali how, how what made you go to Bali and, yeah and tell us that story
2: oh miss Jessica is going to after that to to <laughs> all okay. right
3: so when we moved here to Verticus our apartment in KL we met some people and they were like, if you want to get to meet your neighbors, there are a couple of things you should do. You should go to this little happy hour we have every Friday. We do a reading club and there's a yoga class that's three times a week. Right. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do yoga. I was a marathon runner. Wow! Um, I love working out. So I go to this yoga class thinking, okay, I'm going to meet people. I was really looking to find a community here. And about 15 minutes into the class, I was like, I do not need friends this badly. This is painful. (laughs) It was so hard. So um, I was like, no, I can't give up. And I kept on going back and I was like loving the teacher and meeting everyone. And we would all go have coffee afterwards. And it became like a great. Community and yeah, um,
1: yeah. Yo, yoga is hard for runners. I I've yes. run I, when I well, <laughs> well he I, I have run sixteen marathons, but I wow. cannot. I
4: yeah, yeah but well, he hasn't well, in not
1: my knees have gone, so I gained a lot of weight and I can't run anymore. But anyway, it's. Yoga is hard for for runners. Oh my goodness. Yes. I, I would love to be a yoga person. I'm just I just not.
0: Yeah, he's like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just not <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry, go on. These yeah, stories. that's
3: okay. There was Chinese New Year coming up, and they weren't gonna have classes for two weeks. And I was like, Oh, I'm so involved in this yoga. Yeah. I'm yeah. finding like my passion. And so Scott's like, Well, we should go to Bali. You know, yoga's big there, we'll do that <sighs> while Chinese New Year's <laughs> happening. And I was like, yeah, there's this great facility there called Yoga Barn. So we booked a trip for a week and we went. We just fell in love with the town, the people. I fell in love with Yoga Barn and I was taking like three or four classes a day. Oh, wow. And yeah, so <laughs> you not all do. like yoga, but some of it was meditation. I mean, it's mm. like a health and wellness facility. Yeah. I call yeah. it like a campus. It's huge. So I was like, Scott, after the trip was over, I have to come back. So he's like, okay. We went back then for a month oh. and we rented uh. an Airbnb. And then we went back again, maybe like two months later for another month. Mm. And so then it started to become a pattern. We would come back to KL maybe for three months, go back to Bali for a month. We started leaving stuff there at a homestay, a <laughs> suitcase, oh my and goodness. It was two suitcases. And then at one point, because uh, the visa was... Uh, visa on arrival, good for 30 days. So we would just go for 30, leave, and it just became more of a routine. And then finally, one day we were just sitting there at dinner and we were like, let's just move here. Wow. And (laughs) so we left dinner, (laughs) we went, (laughs) talked to this, uh, a place that had like a apartment. We found one and went back a month later, moved. Oh Oh, my God. What? Yeah. were
0: So you're renting there? Yes. Okay. And and you now just go back and forth. That how? What's the flight? Is, is it three hours?
3: It is three hours, but we don't rent anymore there. Um. We uh. So we just have the place here in Kuala Lumpur, and we just go back to certain places. Oh. Okay. And okay. And
0: Ubud. So okay.
3: we just shipped all of our stuff from Bali back to Kuala Lumpur in yeah. March.
0: How much did you have there? I mean, you were just there to be there sporadically, right? I mean,
3: no, no. We <laughs> all right. The audience could
0: see Scott's eyes are rolling as
2: okay. much as as much as I preach. No more stuff.
0: <laughs> A no stuff. No more. stuff. No more stuff. No more stuff. No more stuff. I, I have. All right. I have to we say have this no but need the, for the stuff. OK, I, I have to tell the audience because what we're seeing is this like pristine home. Yeah, that these two <laughs> I don't are see any calling stuff. us from. I see a, a beautiful painting yeah. in the back. Yeah. I mean, there's like this beautiful dining table. There is not a speck <laughs> of stuff. No so, clutter. So are you like, did you clean up and stage it, it just for us? Is everything <laughs> in the closet? Yeah, no. everything's here. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I do. No. Wait, so you brought <laughs> stuff there. No.
3: Yeah. yeah, but not as much as we ended up leaving with. Because while we were there, I got into sound healing. And so I have crystal bowls. I became a Reiki master. I have a massage table now. Things that are hard to replace and that instruments and um different wow, things like really that. Wow, you really got it. That,
0: yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah.
3: So.
1: Cool.
0: Oh, my God. Wait, so
1: do you this. plan on going back to Ubud?
3: Since March, I've been there twice. Ah, oh. we're going back again in September. So, yeah, we go back quite often and stay for like two or three weeks. We still have our visa for there. Yes, we've been going back quite often. So, so the
0: visa is easy to get to go back and forth.
3: Well, <sighs> we got the long term visa, which is good for a year. Oh. And we were just renewing that just recently, maybe since April, they started issuing visa on arrival again. Now you need a visa on arrival and it's 50 USD before oh. it used to be free.
0: That's nice money. So you for can them. get
3: that at, exactly at the airport. Oh. So it's easy to stay for 30 days.
2: You can extend the, um, the visa on arrival for an, for an additional 30 days if you want, for an additional fee, of course. Uh, if you want to stay beyond 60 days,
3: it's tough. Yeah. Okay. So people do visa runs. They go to Singapore because that's only like an hour flight and then come back the next day. Oh, or they'll right. come here to Kuala Lumpur. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big thing. They at points though try to crack down on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, because it's so obvious, right? I've heard yes. people do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but so you so you don't own a place there. No. Oh, and never God.
2: will again. We will never own real estate again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the, and, never
2: say no, never. Cars, no
3: cars. No cars. No real, no real estate. Real. That's our rule. <laughs> we'll try <laughs> anything once. I mean, we had a car in Italy. We had a house in Italy, and then we were like, no. And the practical reason is that
2: we love the idea of being able to change our minds. Yeah. Yeah. And go somewhere else, and not be not be burdened by real estate or cars or stuff. Yeah. And we, we cherish that flexibility and we don't want to burden ourselves with stuff that's going to keep us from being able to do what we want to do.
1: Mm-hmm. And so when you go back to Bali, you just rent the place each time for a few weeks?
3: Yes. yeah. Is it
1: the same place or?
3: Sometimes we have like a homestay, which is like with a family, with a room, that's what they call it there. Like it's in a family compound. We have a bungalow. A yeah. bungalow um, that sometimes we stay at. It depends, like, if people are coming with us or how long we're going to be there.
0: And are, so. are the costs there comparable to Kuala Lumpur, or what, what's it like?
3: It's cheaper oh. in Ubud. Mm-hmm. It would probably be about the same if you went to Chengdu or Ulawatu, um, but COVID has definitely changed the pricing now that the borders are open again.
0: So, what would be like for a more month? Expensive. For a month, what would you expect to pay? Oh.
3: We were in
2: in a bungalow there, which was like one bedroom, kitchen, living area, dining area, and um, we were paying nine million, which was about. $680 a
0: month. Yeah. And that oh, wow. included
3: all utilities.
0: all utilities. Oh, okay. So you didn't have to worry about anything great. new or signing up account.
3: No, utility no, Utility no, no. companies. That okay. included internet and everything. Mm-hmm. Daily, mm-hmm. daily cleaning. But, <laughs> but yeah. the quality is different. I mean, there's definitely, they're not built as well. So there's mold issues, Ooh. dampness, because it is a tropical area. There's mm-hmm. a lot of rain. You do have snakes and mice and <laughs> bugs and mm, spiders mm. and geckos. And, and so that you know,
2: the monkeys don't stay in monkey forest.
3: Yeah, the monkeys also <laughs> move <laughs> around. <laughs> I like that line.
0: <laughs> so you got to know them, huh, Scott? Oh yeah, they,
2: they, <laughs> they come into restaurants and
0: <laughs> wreck havoc. Do and- pe- yeah. people
1: have monkeys as pets there?
0: No. no. Oh. oh, oh they don't. Okay. So they just show up and
3: uh, during COVID. They left more of the forest area and were looking for food. So uh-huh. they came more into town. Oh, they just yeah. come in and they take, like, They'll grab a or- Yeah, and then just run off. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and I read when you lived in Ubud, the only hot water you had was for the shower. Yes. Is that generally the case there?
2: Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. You don't know, have hot water to the kitchen sink or any sink. You just have it to the
3: shower.
0: Okay. Oh, so that might be unique to Ubu, right? Because uh, the
3: hotels had water, hot water. Yeah, yeah. But okay. not homestays. Yeah,
0: okay. yeah, Okay. Okay. You know, I'm curious. You guys have lived, so you lived in Asia for quite some time. Was there culture shock? I mean, at the beginning, or I mean, how does that feel? Wherever I'm, I'm traveling, and I come home, I get so happy when I land at JFK. <laughs> even though I love to travel. But what's that like? Well, some
3: people say, oh, are you upset that you went to Italy and it wasn't your forever home? And then you ended up in Asia. And what Scott's like response always is like, no, we needed to do Italy so that we could do Asia. I think if we would have went from Pittsburgh to Kuala Lumpur, it would have been a little bit more, or to Bali, even much Mm -hmm. more culture shock. Mm. But having this long-term expat experience it definitely has prepared us
2: okay we were we were, we were very social and we when we were working and living in Pittsburgh
3: mm-hmm.
2: when we got to southern Italy when we got to Puglia there's there's kind of an insular social structure there because it's all based around family we were kind of our own support system we uh, we did have our friends uh, that we talked about earlier and they were enormous helps but but in terms of emotional support, we were kind of we had to rely on each other. We didn't mm-hmm. have a, a social structure. Got it. Once we had kind of accomplished that, gotten gotten that sense of insecurity out of the way, then it was it was okay to you know, pick up and move to a an entirely new culture. And, mm. But it was a it was a necessary stepping stone mm-hmm. for us. Yeah, yeah. How
1: about in, in Malaysia and in Indonesia? Are the people welcoming? Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. They really are that knock on wood never had an issue with, with any of the any of the locals, the people, mm-hmm. I mean the people in Bali in particular, not to take anything away from the Malaysians because they're they're wonderful. Also, but the people in Bali, Jessica just got a message from a Balinese friend of ours and said, We're praying for you and for Scott's father, because my father's not well. Mm. And this was unsolicited. We, I, That's so nice.
3: Wow. Yeah. yeah. And when Scott had the issues with his back and, you know, I'm walking through town and people that work at the different restaurants would be like, where's Mr. Scott? I haven't seen Mr. Scott lately. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, bad back at Mm -hmm. home. Oh, I go to temple and pray for him today. And so Mm -hmm. it's just so sweet. Um, They really, you know, look out for you and want to make sure that you're well. And
1: And in Ubud is is also... English not a problem, or, or do you really need to English, speak the language?
3: Yeah, English is the predominant language because of all the tourists, so it's the common language.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: So, so there are a lot of expats in Nubu.
3: A lot of tourists,
1: but not so many expats.
3: Mm-hmm. There, there
2: are some, but the, the the visa process is so difficult that mm-hmm. living wow. there is on a full time basis can be challenging. So, I, you know, I, I think I read that there, you know, maybe a couple thousand full time. Mm. foreign residents but okay the, it's the tourists that are really drive that really drive
3: or um, people live there for a year or two and then they're like okay it's time to go um i've had enough of the jungle. yeah
0: mm. so but it's I, not some some place where you just want to settle in and you know just like buy a place right it's more like a travel to enjoy and leave
3: some people some people uh, do but then they do. travel a lot
0: okay
2: yeah. and Both so it, of course really messed that whole yeah concept.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Whereas you know, at the beginning everyone said, Oh, you know, when this is over, life will get back to normal. And then the second year, right? Now we're going to a third year. And it's like, yeah. well, it's not normal. It's and when when we can, we're gonna we're gonna try to travel. And Asia is one of the places, you know, I haven't been. So, I look forward to to seeing some of these places. You guys make it sound so so wonderful as well as the people we've we've interviewed in Thailand yeah, and well. the street food. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to cook. so that's, that's <laughs> definitely a priority for me, and I love street food, so I don't have an issue.
3: It's one of the reasons that we love Kuala Lumpur because it is and they have a huge international presence. And so we get direct flights anywhere in Asia. So okay. and they have Air Asia, which is a discount airline. So when we first moved here, Scott finally was like, we got to calm down, Jessica. We were traveling like once a month or every other week to, you know, Cambodia, yeah. oh, wow. Thailand. Oh, it was God. like, oh, wow. all the places that you read about because <laughs> mm-hmm. you could never go to were living in the U.S. They were yeah. just an hour, two hours, three sure. hours wow. away, And yeah. so we just like binged and went yeah. like everywhere. And um, <laughs> it was exciting. And um yeah, I'm glad we did it because then COVID happened. You know, yeah. like one thing we learned, like also uh, politics happened. We went yeah. to Myanmar and now you can't go to Myanmar. I heard. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So
0: it's definitely,
3: we're always like, if you have an opportunity, do it.
0: And and also you got it out of your system, right? So yeah. so you feel like there isn't that lurking. Oh, what, what is what is it like there? Even though it's close. So exactly. got it, got
1: it. So, yeah. so you can still get cheap. Inexpensive flights to parts of Asia. Say, if you want to go to Thailand, well, the beach, or something.
2: Relatively, but the airline airfares have gone up so much uh, with mm-hmm.
3: fuel and everything.
0: Yeah,
2: it, yeah. We were flying to Bali for round trip for hundred and ten dollars.
0: Wow. Mm, wow. Okay. Nice. It's nice. a three-hour
1: flight. That's amazing.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and now it's about three times that.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay.
3: So I think it'll take. I mean, everything is very different here in Asia compared to the U S like it was severe lockdowns in Kuala Lumpur. We weren't here for it. Everything was locked down. I mean, the borders were closed and now everything is open again. Mm. And I think it's just, they're trying to find the new normal. So things will level out again. It's just going to take probably six months to a year.
0: Now, before you guys moved to Asia, had you been there before?
3: Turkey was the closest place to Asia that we we crossed the bridge in Istanbul.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that, that, that was uh, our exposure to Asia. I, I don't think that counts, but
0: <laughs> sure it does. I would count it. <laughs> I,
1: I a, I'm going to go off track a little. I know Gil, Gil doesn't like when I do this, no, but it's okay. But Jessica, you're a Reiki master. I probably said that incorrectly. I was going to say that. I was going to ask. Yeah. Do you you practice on individuals and and also yes. what it what is it exactly?
3: So Reiki is energy healing. So it comes from life force energy from the divine and. You can do it distance or you can do it in person. I mostly do in-person sessions. I have a person lay on a massage table. You're fully clothed. The energy comes through my hands that I lay them on your eyes, your ears, your head and go through the body. And you in turn then have deep relaxation that helps restore and heal your body, balance your chakras. Afterwards, you'll have like the equivalent of like, three hours of deep sleep. Um, so it's sort of like a yoga nidra if you ever tried mm, that. It's just very restorative. It lasts in your body for like up to three days. It can also oh. heal like injuries. I deal with people like other yogis with wrist injuries, oh. knee, and it helps relieve the pain from that also.
0: Oh. And, and how do you get your clientele? Uh, word of mouth. Oh, really? So that's mm-hmm. nice. And yeah, you word started- of mouth Instagram. Mm-hmm. What's your Instagram account?
3: Uh, Reiki by Jessica.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. We'll be following it. Very cool. And Scott, are you into it as well?
3: Uh, I'm into the receiving end. Actually, <laughs> he did Reiki. He studied Reiki a long time ago, and really? he introduced me to Reiki. Oh, yeah. So well, my,
2: da- my daughter talked me into it. My daughter wanted to learn about it, so she dragged me to a two day sessions,
3: so. And so like, I, if I ever had a headache, I'd be like, Scott, my head hurts. And he'd be like, hold on. And then like 20 minutes later, it would be completely gone.
4: Oh, wow.
3: And That's I was really like, neat. oh, wow, I need to learn this. It was always in the back of my mind. And then during COVID, when I was in Bali, there was just all these different trainings. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now's the time. We're not traveling. Yeah. I'm going to study this.
0: Very nice. I could use this because I have insomnia. Yeah, Bad insomnia. Oh, it's
3: really good for that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Soona. Yeah, and
3: snoring also it helps. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, so I think we've covered a lot. What have we left out? What do you guys want to share with us that we haven't asked? Maybe
3: one thing. A little bit of a plug is so Scott wrote a book about our adventures in Italy and our restoration project and everything. Okay. So soul um, soul
0: of the heel. Of the heel. All right, Scott
1: Bergstein. Yeah, yeah, we'll put that you in get our it show notes. On
3: Amazon, okay, yeah. very cool. And uh, he wrote another book, also that's fiction. But this one is a lot of the stories we talk about about finding the house in Puglia. It's all about Fulia. Yeah, the renovations and the comical things. We had a washing machine that walked. What? Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to read. So, have to yeah, you have that. to read
3: it. It just we okay. Have a lot of very funny stories of things that happened.
0: All right, it's and, all oh, there. You know what? I forgot to ask. Thank you. And we'll have your photography information mm-hmm. oh, as thank well. You. Yeah, no, please. And also for entertainment. I mean, you guys are so busy as it is, but is there anything that you miss that you had in Pittsburgh that, or, or elsewhere that you feel like you're missing maybe?
3: Art museums, mm-hmm. good art museums. Yeah. Um, living yeah. in Pittsburgh, we have the Carnegie Museums, mm-hmm, which is... Mm-hmm. Yeah amazing resource. And so we went from having these world-class museums to little galleries, Mm pop-up shows. So uh, I think we miss like on a Saturday being like, Hey, it's raining. Let's go to an art museum. Yeah. I love that. uh, Yeah. Instead, we're like, oh, let's go walk the mall.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Some of those clothes, though, are definitely pieces of art. But yeah.
0: But are, are there things you could do there? Take classes to learn, I don't know, oh, yeah. uh, art or, or things like that yeah. around you? OK. Yeah. All right. So that's good. And you've got all the regular social activities, I assume, meeting friends. Exactly. and. Yep. OK. So you've made a lot of friends there as well? Yes. And I mean, we've been
3: here like off and on with the three years in Ubu, but we still came back. And also we came back even during COVID because the visa, the Malaysia My Second Home, was one visa that allowed you back into Malaysia, even though they were closed. So we were here even during COVID. And I have to say, our friends have been here, some have moved, some have moved back. So Mm -hmm. we still have like a really nice community here.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when we first came to Verticus, which is the name of this apartment block, Mm -hmm. They um we met all these people as Jess mentioned. A lot of them have left and it's interesting because when we're in London next week, we're meeting a whole lot of those people who had been here
3: oh. and lived
2: here mm-hmm. and have left and gone
3: on to other expat experiences or back home. So uh-huh. it's we're like all- we're, we're having a little reunion, and oh,
2: yeah.
0: about eight of us. That's so nice. How uh, long are you going to be there? A week in London. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh, that should be enough to catch up with yeah. everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then you're you're moving on to other. You mentioned you're going after. Israel. Israel. Oh, that's you mean, that. we did an episode on Israel as well. Yeah. Remember a uh, former colleague who retired before me had for many, many years planned on retiring in Israel or actually moving there. But then they had a child in the U.S. and we said, no, 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 you know, we'll raise the, the kid here and mm-hmm. then move. So that's where they are now. They're very happy. Cool.
3: I know this won't surprise you, but we also looked at moving there and doing the visa.
0: <laughs> I, I, You know, actually, was going to say, I think wherever you travel to and spend, <laughs> you know, maybe like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we shouldn't even ask you what your long-term view and oh, your yeah. long-term plans it's, might be, Israel, right? Israel is an
1: interesting place to move to because if you're Jewish yeah, and you move you get, there, what, they, 10, keep, they give you money. I forget how much. You there. know so they about give that, you right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I've looked at it. It's
2: not enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> not it's that lifestyle funny, you're at, you know, four bedrooms. I don't think you'll be yeah. in four bedrooms or four baths. It also, it also,
1: I think it really depends. Israel depends like anywhere which city you move to.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the, the culture will play a big big role right you know I yeah. mean wherever you move it, it just depends I mean look I was I was raised here I was born in born in South America but I think anywhere we go or, or I go there'll be a culture shock for a bit I mean I'll be shocked just being around people that kind of look like me or 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 <laughs> yeah. speak the language I really will I mean I think I will love it but I'll be in shock as well you know
2: mm-hmm. well when we when we first came to uh, to live in KL you know one of the things that struck me is that for the first time in my life I'm the ethnic minority. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never experienced that before, and it wasn't it wasn't a scary thing. It was it was actually kind of refreshing. to See how other people have felt in my shoes, maybe. So
0: I'll bet. Yeah. absolutely. Well, on that note, we want to thank you guys so much. You've given oh, us yeah. so much to thank think you. about. Oh, really? This was this was yeah, really nice. You've
1: quite a story. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> any, any any last words for anyone who's interested in in embarking on a journey like yours?
2: Yeah. The only thing I would say is be fearful. Fearless. I mean, okay. you can you can come up with all kinds of excuses for not doing something mm-hmm. that your heart tells you you want to do. But you shouldn't listen to those voices. Listen to your heart. Follow your heart. Yeah.
1: Do it. <laughs> but You guys are great. Thank you so much. Yeah, I oh, yeah, really appreciate you. it so if much. If there's anything very generous. else you need
3: us to clarify, let yeah. us know.
0: OK, oh, thank you. Thank all right. Take care and all happy right. travels.
3: Right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye bye. Thank
0: you. Bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode.